0: What's wrong with my camera? Hold on. Something wrong with my camera. All right. Well, I'll start. Okay. <laughs> we are back on Monday, and Cabri is about to join us in a minute. But okay.
1: So, so I don't see your face. I just see your your background.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm about to fix it so you can see my face. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and start and once Cabri gets on she can um uh uh, introduce herself but I think you already know Cabri right yes okay so go ahead give me some um background who you are from um the I know you want to come on uh to talk about your businesses so we got to shine a spotlight on your business so yeah let's start there Tell us about Adrian, right?
1: Okay, yes. So um, I know you all said you wanted to know when you all can um, contact me. So I made like a little sheet. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, that's cute. Look at it. (laughs) Yeah, so that's my QR code. Um, I have the websites and things on here. I know it's probably kind of small. But that's the QR code. If you, if you go to the QR code, then you will be able to get to everything else pretty much. Okay. Got it. Okay. That is cute.
0: Thank now, you. Can you. Can you take a picture of that and um, send it to me in the messengers? Because what I can do is I can um, post it to that way people can see how to get to you. Or I can type it up real quick, too, and put it in the comment box as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I can send it to you. Do you want it sent um, right after the, the video? Um, sure. Or if you can multitask, however you want to do it, then don't, that doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. righty. So, so. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. What did you say?
0: I want to say, um, you can go ahead and and keep going until oh, there she is.
1: Could okay. So did you want me to still do an intro or you want me to wait?
0: No, you can go ahead. Okay. I think, I think Cabri is, I just added her to the stream, so you
2: okay.
0: should be able to
2: hear her. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, perfect. Hi, Adrian. Hello, how you doing? Good, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine.
1: Um, She asked me to do an introduc- introduction, so I'm about to do an introduction really quick. Okay. So hello, everyone. My name is Adrienne Cox-Settles. First of all, I'm a God-fearing woman. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I have been a wife for 19 years, and I have three extraordinary sons (laughs) at the start. Um, Now, I was asked about my business, so I own an online tutoring business with 16 amazing tutors and they tutor everything from pre-K up to college. And we do adult math classes and um, test prep and a lot of other things. we do an, an enormous amount of different, you know, have enormous amount of different services and um, products and things like that. Not the talk, but and Nicole, also where- I'm an author, I guess I should put that out there. <laughs> So I'm an author. This is my poetry book. I have 16 poems about my experience, my family, my experience with my, myself, my family, and some inspirational poems for, for
2: women. Oh, that's going to be nice. I didn't know, for as long as I've known you, I did not know that you had books and journals until you had said something. So I yeah, this
1: is recent. This was a recent project that I did within a few weeks. I got kind of obsessed. And so, yeah, I kept going. So I'm, like really creative. So once I realized, oh, my goodness, I really love this. And then we're just knocking books out back, back and forth. Okay. So we're going to dive
2: into your books, but I don't see Nicole.
0: I'm here. I'm trying to fix my video, but you can go ahead. Uh, oh. I-
2: okay. So you mentioned Adrian. I don't, I'm, May or may not have heard this since I came in a little late. Um, you mentioned how you were Baltimore raised, right? Or no? Yes. Okay, you did. Tell us a little bit about of your experience growing up in Baltimore and <laughs> whereabouts in Baltimore did you grow up in?
1: Okay. So from birth all the way up to fourth grade, I lived in the Liberty Heights um, area, northwest Baltimore, uh, which was a pretty good area. You know, the schools are pretty good. You know, I lived, I guess you can say I lived a normal life as a child. <laughs> um, there were a lot of situations that occurred. So we wind up getting kicked out of that nice environment and, you know, everything else. And I had to move to Lexington Tires Projects, the ghetto, the hood, you know, in downtown in the city, Baltimore. So it was definitely a culture shock. Um, I had a lot of extreme... Um, obstacles (laughs) I went through I experienced a lot it was a lot of fighting a lot of shooting um, a lot of fires a lot of negativity Um, my first day of school I got introduced to the environment of Lexington turns my first grade my fourth grade um year I came in in like November and it was a little girl in the hallway. She said, you know, you you rolled your eyes at me, so we're gonna fight after school. Oh, so, Lord, Fourth You range. know, me being a good girl, I didn't know about fighting. I was always smiling. I was just like, okay, you know, I didn't know what to do. So after school, um, they was like, there she go, there she go. So I ran, cause there's a lot of people pointing, pointing to me. So I ran, I ran down. Um, it's called Lexington Street onto the boulevard, Martin Luther King Boulevard, and behind Lexington Terrace Elementary, and everybody runs to a fight when you're in a project, so everybody ran out. I was completely surrounded by people I didn't know my first day of school. Fight, 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 fight. I, I was just standing there. And I just didn't know what to do. I never seen like angry people all in one place after me because I'm just like the new girl. I barely know where I live. You know, I was just standing there. And so the girl's cousin, who was a couple of years older than me, he punched me in the stomach. And uh, so, he, you know, a little boy. I, yeah, boy. A boy punched me in the stomach. Oh my goodness. And so, you know, I took it and you know, I probably had smiling, I was smiling bright probably had like a few tears coming down because I didn't know what was going to happen to me. And this lady just happened to be in the neighborhood. And she said, if y'all don't leave, then I'm going to call the police. So everybody left and I was able to find my way home to my grandmother's because my grandmother was taking care of us at the time. And um, they tried to get me the next day, but the next day I hid and they went running back down to the boulevard, and I was able to go back the next day. But, you know, from then on, I was in so many fights. Um, I got bullied four to five years, and I write about a poem to my bully in my book. Um, I just went through a lot of different things. Obesity. I went through hating my complexion because I was called white girl. I was called this. And so I had a complexion complex. Um, Yeah, it was a lot of different things. And my mom, you know, she, she was going through alcoholism. And my father wasn't around like that. So it was an interesting childhood. So it was a lot of hard work. You know, I had to push every day just to survive. Um, I did have suicidal tendencies because of different things that were going on. But you know, I had, I had, um, I had faith. I had a you know a mustard seed of faith. So oh, you're I neat. pushed through. I pushed through, and I you know made it through a lot of the obstacles and. I was able to go to college, become a, um, go to college, become a teacher. I went and taught in Baltimore City Public Schools. I gave back. Um, I taught at Warbrook, Thurgood, Connections, and Maritime, so those were like pretty, people call them pretty rough schools. So <laughs> but I had fun, cause I'm from like, you know, the inner city, so I connected well with the children. So I didn't really have any discipline problems, any issues, cause I was just like right here with the kids. Because so, You know, I'm I'm them, they are me, we, you know, I'm, I'm from the neighborhood. Yeah. So um, that's that's pretty much it, far as my childhood to wrap it up. Cause it's a lot, there's a lot of layers, but <laughs> to keep everything brief.
2: So how did you, I'm interested in knowing how you like overcame the bullying aspect because we hear a lot about it now and our kids don't run and hide. Our kids, we see results of other outlets that ends up harming more of a community, you know, than themselves alone. So how did you figure that out? How did you run and hide every day?
1: Okay, so um, every day day was a test because I I just knew at some point during the day that I was going to be a target. It was just a matter of time, you know, someone said something and everyone jumped on and then it was me being teased and things like that. And so... I never told anyone in my family so no one knew i was getting bullied until like i got a you know became an adult and i told someone because sometimes children don't tell people you know we just keep those things in but i would go home i would eat i would sleep i would cry and you know that's why I, i became obese and um i would think about the people that was bullying bullying me every day all the time and so the thing about it when you're getting bullied you are always thinking about that person so you're not as um weak and you know you're not as weak as people think because you're thinking about that person you're premeditating what you're going to do and when i got to eighth grade i actually premeditated premeditated how i was going to get a gun how I was going to shoot these two two students in the head. So I would have been like one of the first, you know, shootings in school. I don't know. But, you know, this was years ago. But I did think about what I was going to do, what class I was going to do it in, who I was going to get the gun from. I lived in a hood, so you can get a gun from pretty much anybody. Um, And it was good. It was a really good feeling just to sit back and think about Me being in control of the situation and how I was going to take them out, because for several times I thought about taking myself out. But you go back and forth. You think about yourself and then you think about your family. You say, oh, no, I I can't do this. My mom is going to be sad or my dad, you know, because you do think about your family as you're thinking about, you know, taking yourself out. You do think about that. And that was the thing that told, you know, that was the thing that was like, no, I'm not going to do it because I know my brother is going to be sad. My grandmother is going to be sad. So I decided not to take my life. However, I was more focusing on taking their lives. It was all planned out. And like I said, it was like a good feeling just thinking about what I was going to do, how I was going to have the control. Because you get to the point where you're like being pushed against the wall and you have to do something. But I still had that mustard seed of faith in my pocket. (laughs) So I didn't go there because I had it. But if I didn't have any faith, then yeah, it would have been all over. I would have been in jail. I would have been gone. You know, I would have took them out because it was just the feeling was just so it just overtook me how just to get like revenge and, you know, just go and take take control So you get in the stage where you just feel so good that you finally have control because people have been bullying you for a long time. You know, you feel good. You actually think about these people. They see and they bully you and you're thinking what you're going to do to them. And they have no clue. They think they in so much control and they think that that they're the boss of things, but they have no control that you're thinking about them all the time. You're thinking about where they're going to be. You're thinking about how you're going to hurt them. So you are more dangerous. The person that's getting bullied is pretty much more dangerous than the bully itself. Yeah. Because we're planning out how you're going to do this activity and you have all the time to do that. Cause that's all you're going to think about. You know, when you buy yourself, only person you think about is the people that are bullying you. You have time. That's all you think about. So you have time to plan things out and you know, things like that. So yes, I decided not to do it and I'm so happy that I didn't do it, but I do understand, I do understand the feelings that some people have when they are getting bullied, and they do take action. Even though I don't support that, you know, hopefully they can talk to someone because there are better ways of handling the situation, and it's not the end all. And if they can only realize that their life will be a lot better, they just need to, you know, talk to someone get some help, because that's not the answer. And I'm glad I didn't take that route because I would have been in jail still today.
2: <laughs> I yeah. Been in jail. yeah. Have you ever thought about like what would you do in your adult years if you ran into your bully from your childhood?
1: Hmm. So one of them got killed. Oh you know. no. Yeah, yeah. He got killed. Um. Yeah. Probably, yeah, decades ago. And then the other one I'm not for sure but I don't really have that anger and everything that I used to have and I'm not one to be bullied anymore. So I don't really, I'm a totally different person. The bullying, the embarrassment, I just been embarrassed um, to the extent where it's like, I I can't really get embarrassed. I've been embarrassed so much. Yeah. So if someone asks me to do something, I can do something. I'm not really scared what people say or what people want to do because I've just been, like, traumatized and teased so much to the extent that it's not even a part of me anymore. So um, if I was to see the other one, I, you know, I, I don't really have any hard feelings. It's just that at that time I was going through a lot, and I know that God is going to take care of the situation, and he can do way worse than what I can do. So I'm good. <laughs>
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm well, I'm glad that that was something that you overcame. I'm glad you are here today to tell us about this journey yes. and how successful you have become. Um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I'm sure that that's one thing that you would possibly change about your experience growing up in Baltimore. Or would you not change that because that's kind of morphed you into who you are today?
1: Okay. So, no, I wouldn't change anything that happened even though i experienced a lot of deaths. You know, my mom died when i was 18, my both, the, both of my grandmothers died when i was young and, you know, cousins and things like that passed away. But no, i wouldn't change anything. Um because everything needed to happen for me to be where i am today. All those extreme experiences allows me to connect to other people in ways that a lot of people can't cuz it's like yeah. a lot of different things you know, that I have been really close to situations. And I just noticed in certain situations, a person can talk to me because I've been there, you know, I have a lot of different experiences. And so I think that's what, that, that is one of the things that makes me special because my childhood was so crazy and rough and unbearable. Um, you know, I was able to get through it, you know, with the help of God, of course. And um, yeah. Yeah. That's just, just I guess that's just my testimony. Just, 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 just my story, and you know, it just helped me to be um, a mother. You know, a, a you know, a mother that's really you know for education because I struggled so much. I had a lot of gaps in my education because in elementary school people played around. It was a lot of um, classroom disruptions, and you know, I, I struggled for reading, and I had a speech impediment, and. I just had a lot of struggles, you know. So I didn't even yeah. want to open my mouth up to read because I would say different words the wrong way. And but um, I was always good in math, so that was my confidence. You know, you know, I had I was very competitive. I was in competitions. I was on TV. I was in a newspaper. So math was the thing that pretty much um, helped me keep my confidence in the midst of all the things that I lacked <laughs> and all the struggles. You know, math was like my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I always say if math was a man, I would have married him. You know, I, that, I used to say that in college. I said if math was a man, I would have married him because he had everything that, you know, we just connected like that. And that's how close I am with math. Math and I go all the way back um, since second grade when I learned my multiplication tables, you know, and that was the one time that my mom actually sat down with me and she taught me my multiplication tables because I had a teacher name is Bailey that was really mean. She would hit us with rulers and things like that if we didn't know our timetables. So I begged my mom to go over it with me. And once I learned my timetables, math had opened doors and it has been
2: so easy and has been the joy of like my life. That's what's up. Congratulations, Adrian! I'm super proud of you. Oh, thank you.
0: Before we move on, Real quick, I sent you the link to your inbox. So if you wanted to click on the link, you can go ahead and forward it to your friends and stuff
1: on Facebook. Oh, okay. Can they backtrack to see the beginning too or no? I'm not sure if they can. Hold on, let me look. I don't okay. Let me see. I
0: think because we live, they cannot okay. Live. They can go back and watch it from the beginning, like when we're done. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, well, before we jump into the math comment I wanted to ask you and I might have missed it because I had to step away but your experience when you were younger not when you were younger when did you start or transition to being Muslim was that as a child that was when you got older okay because I was going to ask did that contribute to your childhood experiences but this was later on (laughs)
1: So I can tell you about that. So basically I was Christian all the way up to, um, to like 20, 20, 28 and 28, 29. I became Muslim. Then, you know, I met my husband. Um, he was Muslim. I was Christian at the time when we got married, but I started doing a lot of research on being, you know, Muslim and everything else. And then I, I realized that was the thing for me. And so I told him, you know, a couple of months into the marriage, you know, I want to be Muslim. So he said, oh, and then we heard and went to the masjid. And um, you know how you become a Christian, you get saved and baptized. Um, we do something called the shahada when we, you know, save the, what we believe and everything else. And, um, and then I became Muslim. <laughs> so now I became Muslim later on. But, um, yeah, I was already, I guess, transitioning before I even met my husband. It was certain things I was doing. Um, When I was a teacher, I used to wear, like, a lab coat because I didn't want people to be looking at my body. (laughs) And I used to wrap my hair because I didn't want people to be all in my hair. So it was different things that I I was already doing as modesty when I used to work around the high school school kids because, you know, the high school boys can be very hormonal. You know, so I had to make sure I maintained myself because I want them to focus on the board and not on me. So mm-hmm. I, I kept myself covered because I, I knew that um, if I didn't, you know, you know, it wouldn't be, they wouldn't be able to focus as much, unfortunately. Right,
0: right. Okay. Plus, I
1: didn't want them focusing on me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's but, kind of creepy. Yeah, it, it is creepy, but it's true, especially, I'm pretty sure your experience is teaching, that's probably a whole nother show, but oh yeah, I can write. <laughs> I can write a couple of books on teaching by myself, right? <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was an experience given Baltimore City. So- yeah, I
1: love teaching. I I did. I really love teaching. Um, I'm pretty sure what made you stop? I hear a <laughs> bet. I hear a back thing.
0: I don't know if somebody's playing I really the video. Really I, I did. I
1: really love teaching. Did y'all hear
0: it? Can yeah, hear that's an echo.
2: Okay, it's a okay. Oh, you hear echoes? Yeah, it's yeah. like feedback from another video playing.
1: Okay, how about now? Is it okay? Yeah, it's gone now.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Um, so basically, I went from teaching college because I taught at Baltimore City Community College first, um, that was a beautiful experience. <laughs> then I went to teaching Baltimore City public schools with high school and then middle school. And then my husband had got a promotion, you know, to work somewhere in Pennsylvania. So that's when I stopped teaching in Baltimore City, and we moved to Pennsylvania, and and I, you know, picked up teaching also in Pennsylvania. So that's when I stopped teaching in Baltimore.
0: Oh, okay, so you still teach now?
1: Online through my own business. And, you know, oh, if yeah. I was yeah yeah if I had to teach, I teach through my own business, not for someone else. Okay. So let's talk about that. That's what I was about to ask. I was about to say in my head, I was like, oh, she would be good
0: for tutoring. So (laughs) I know you have, you told us that you shared with us that you had your tutoring business. So let's um, talk about the tutoring business.
1: Okay. So once I left Baltimore, um, I had a lot of clients in Baltimore because I was you know, pretty much known in Baltimore for math, you know, cause I did a lot of things related to math for, for the community and in the school system and so on, and so forth. So once I left and I went to Pennsylvania, I had a client that wanted me to still teach her, tutor her, her um, children. And so she had multiple children and she was like, I want you to still tutor them. They're so attached to you. So I decided to, you know, start my online business because of you know her want me to tutor her sons and then you know my other clients and stuff from Baltimore you know they came to my business and they wanted me to tutor because like I said I've been tutoring and teaching math for a long time in Baltimore so everyone' like if you need math help go to Adrian um, and then I started bringing in more math tutors because it was getting you know overloaded with Um, clients. And then I had English tutors, social studies, and everyone else was like, can I tutor for you? Can I tutor for you? So now my business, you know, I have like a large variety of different subjects, not just math anymore. Okay. So how is it, I know with COVID, it probably was, well, I'm
0: sure your business is already successful, but a boost in participation when COVID
1: hit? Hmm. With COVID, it was like, it was like iffy because... I became more of a consultant, uh, more of a consultant when it came to COVID because it was a lot of parents that were struggling, you know, how do I do this? My kid is driving me crazy. What can I do? I don't know. You know, so I was, I was um, trying to help parents, you know, try to teach them how to, you know, deal with your child. Cause I'm a homeschooler too. I've been homeschooling for years. That's something now it's, it's a lot of different layers. So I've been homeschooling for years and, And I've been a teacher, so I had a lot of insight about different things. So they would call me and say, what can I do? So I would actually get some clients as far as on the consultant thing. What can I do for my child? Or my child is failing. I have like a parent mentor um section in my business too when your child is failing and you need a person to go into the, the school and talk to the teachers so uh, the person would hire me i will go and have meetings with the teachers and then i would you know ask the teachers what is the iep what have you been doing for this child you know what do you suggest you know i would kind of like check the teachers you know so some of them will be kind of and you know intimidated but I, I used to be a department head so i also had you know, I also had teachers under me. I was running a department with math teachers. So I led teachers, taught teachers and things like that. So when I go into meetings with teachers, you know, I pretty much speak the terminology. And so um, I would just try to get, try to figure out what's going on in the classroom. And I would connect my tutors to the teachers. And then they would work together to help the children to become successful. So I, both cases, I had two, two young men that were failing every single subject. One was in eighth grade, the other one in ninth grade. And so the parents like, I don't know what to do. They're failing. And so I had to, like I said, talk to the teachers. We came up with a plan. The teachers would let the tutors know what they're working on. And the tutors and the teachers collaborated. And then the, the children passed, you know. Um, so that was one thing. And then everything else is like tutoring or classes. I teach um, practice core math with teachers that want to pass the math test. I teach the Ts math course, and I also teach GED math. So, um, yeah, we just have a large variety of things going on. So during COVID, it was iffy. Some people wanted to keep their kids away from the Internet because my child is on the Internet all day long. They don't need an online class. And then some people wanted to get their kids on there because they know it was one-on-one attention and in the classroom the child wasn't getting that attention because the teachers were barely trying to, you know, they were trying to hold it together. Yeah. They had their children next to them while they trying to teach,
0: right. you
1: know, and that could be really frustrating. You know, <laughs> you're trying to teach and your child right there, ma, ma, you know, <laughs> so it was a really frustrating situation. So I was more like a consultant at the time, but I was, you know, so it was some wanted more online and then some didn't want online at all. I need face to face. So it was like it was a balance.
0: So you did your 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 company, you did do face to face.
1: Um, sometimes we would have I would have a tutor that would travel to the the library and I do have a location, but we kind of stopped the lo- you know, stop um going to the location once COVID hit. So it wasn't as much. So more than likely everything more than likely now is online. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. When you tutor, Adrian, do you tutor using your own material or do you tutor using material from the actual curriculum based off of where the child goes to school at?
1: Okay, so for my so it so for my company, um, I'll talk about myself and I'll talk about the tutors. So for the tutors, so basically we try to figure out what does what do the parent want? The, does the parent want the child to follow the curriculum? Because if the parent wants the child to follow the curriculum, then, you know, we can get the curriculum and then we can go by that. But a lot of times the parent doesn't know what level the child is on. So I assess the children. And then once we find out where their weaknesses are, you know, I, I put the child with the tutor and then the child works and the tutor works on all their gaps, filling in all their gaps. Because sometimes the, per, the parent thinks the child is in 10th, in 10th grade on 10th grade level.
2: But yeah,
1: and not. the child's really on fifth or sixth grade level. And a lot of parents don't know until the child has to take the SATs and then they realize, oh my goodness, my child grade is, my child score is so low. Why is my child score so low? I've been paying thousands of dollars at this private school. I hear it all the time. I'm paying thousands of dollars for my child going to this private school and my child on second grade level. And it's not really, it's not a rare thing. It's very common for a lot of kids to be you know, in the, on low, low grade level as far as reading and writing. But if the child has good behavior, then a lot of times the child is going to go, they're going to be pushed along. So if your child has good behavior, doesn't have any, you know, behavior problems, sometimes they can be pushed along, but when it gets to like the SAT or standardized tests, that's when you can really see, okay, my child is struggling and I, you know, you just didn't even know it. And so it's not it's not um, rare because I get that all the time. I never knew my child was reading on third grade level. The teacher never told me this, you know, um, why didn't the teacher help my child? And so the teacher is just supposed to teach on that grade level. Now, some teachers might have time to go back and help build your child up. But the average teacher doesn't have time to go back to fractions and decimals when your child is taking pre-calculus or taking algebra. You know, so the teacher doesn't have time for that. And so a lot of teachers maybe won't even assess your child's for you to determine. And if that happened, when your child goes to school, college, they're going to be taking a lot of remedial um, classes because those type of skills weren't, you know, those things weren't caught.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, they, they were in court. So, um, yeah, a lot of parents, they don't, you know, they really don't know where their children are. And like for me, for my sons, I always tested my sons and my main things like filling gaps, filling gaps, filling gaps. And so my three sons, all of them have been skipped. My three sons, all of them have been skipped because I was just like, you know, <laughs> hopefully not too overbearing. I'm good now. But, you know, in summertime. We had summer school <laughs> with mom, you know, but it's paying off. You know, they're doing, you know, good things. Um, Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just it's difficult as a parent a lot of times because you have a lot of things you're working on and a lot of things, a lot of times you entrust the school system to help your child, but the school system or the teacher can only do but so much. So a lot of parents, even students that are making straight A's and all these prep schools, they have tutors. These kids have been getting tutored since elementary school, so they get a perfect on like SATs and ACTs. These kids are not just smart like this, they have people tutoring them, you know. But sometimes in our community, we see tutoring as a bad thing where they already saw tutoring as a benefit and they like take it and they run with it. But we are catching on, and you know, tutoring is very beneficial. If your child is advanced, they'll get them a tutor so they can be challenged. You
2: know,
0: because they get bored. Right. Yeah. I've seen an incline in people choosing to do uh, homeschooling. So with homeschooling, um, how does that work for the the parent or, you know, who's ever doing it? How does that work? Like, do you have to follow whatever your county guidelines and things are? Or is it just like a separate thing? Do the children still have to take those? um sats and things like that like or how does that work
1: so there's different um forms or different different options for homeschooling there's the homeschooling some people consider the virtual school as a a form of homeschooling and so um so they have that whereas though it's already together with the curriculum already already together and the, the family follows the curriculum Sometimes you can go into a class and have a teacher or you can just take your child and just follow the curriculum and go into the cl- you know, go into the, the um, curriculum anytime you want to. So um, with me, with my son, I did the one where it was flexible, whereas though we would look online to see what he had to do. But outside of that, he has swimming and other things. So we weren't with a teacher. So you have that one and that covers everything that the school needs. And also, you have the traditional homeschooler, and I also did that also. That's when the parent pretty much come up with their own curriculum. And um, you, you have to submit, like, a it's called a addendum. You had to submit that to the, the school district, letting them know that you're going to do such and such and such and such, such, and they have to approve it. Once they approve it, say, okay, now you're approved for homeschooling. And so, you know, you keep a record of, you know, um, the worksheets and the artwork and the grades and things like that. Because at the end, you have like an evaluation um, and an evaluation. They want to see this. They want to see that. You know, you have to be held accountable to see if your child goes to the next grade. Wow. I didn't
0: know that. So, now, so do they still have to take those mandatory tests like at the end?
1: So the ones that does the trend, um, the traditional one that I did last, that's the one where you have your own curriculum. You can choose not to take the standardized test. It's Mm -hmm. optional. So when I homeschooled, I guess it's the last two years, you know, I didn't have to take the district test, but if I chose to, my son could have sat with them. He could have participated in the sports with them. You can do everything, the outside activities and stuff in your district. You just, you know, your child is just, you know, he's still part of the district. He's just being homeschooled. So it's like a virtual school and it's like an umbrella. They have one with an umbrella where you actually have um, a person where you actually go and you, you know, you submit all your forms and stuff to you also that's big in Maryland In Maryland. They have like an umbrella for um, homeschooling. You submit all your paperwork and everything to them. You can do it digitally. It
2: sounds like something that, you know, a lot of people would be inclined to do but i've seen so many videos myself included when it comes to teaching like a specific subject like math and you know adrian i reached out to you to tutor jamel right you will be like if johnny had two apples (laughs) and his friend gave him three how many would he have it would be and i'm just using like a really really simple um example but I can only imagine you know I I knew you homeschool you know my aunt homeschool so I seen what it looked like on the surface was something that was super easy the boys were you know wake up on their own time but I can only imagine how much more difficult it would be to homeschool it's like working from home like you almost got to put in more work you do, While you're you do. at home versus being in the building Or in the actual school You do Homeschool
1: is it's a lot You know, it's a lot Um, Because a lot of your personal um, Time is gone Um, You're dealing with your child Your child has to be able to distinguish The teacher from the mommy I mean, there, there's a lot of different things Going on when you homeschool So it's not for everybody And everybody doesn't have the patience to teach their own children and it's not, you know, and that's okay. That's a, it's not like an extreme case. Oh my goodness, this is my child. I'm supposed to know how to teach this child. There's a lot of parents that can't teach their children and it's okay. You're not yeah. by yourself. You are not by yourself. I hear so many stories and I know sometimes with me, I have had, um. well, this particular son, you know, he was, well, he was at homeschooled. But, um, you know, came home with math and trigonometry. So I'm like, okay, you're going to do some trig. I'm getting happy. And he like, nah, I'm good. You know, because sometimes they don't want the parent. And that's okay because I had to, you know, put my ego to the side and be like, dang, I can break this down. But I put my ego to the side and, and know that I might not be the best person for my child, even though that's my thing. The the more the most important thing for me was him passing. And so if he struggled, I got him a math tutor, even though, you know, math is like my thing. I got him a math tutor because I realized it's not about me. It's about my child. So sometimes yeah. parents, they stand in the way of their children progressing because they feel that they're the in all, be all. Yeah. And no, if your child is not getting it, it's not because... It's your child. A lot of times it's because it's you and you don't know how to explain it the way he can get it. You yeah. know, and like I said, you know, that's how it is. I have to I have to tell parents that it's not your child, it's actually you, you're the problem. You know, <laughs> so I taught the parents like that. I say, You are the problem, and your child needs to get assistance from someone else where it's not so intimate, you know, yeah. so many things going on. You know, if the child didn't make the bed up that day, you still holding on to that all that goes into the lesson as you try to teach your child
2: yeah, and then yeah. your
1: child feel tense because you know especially in math especially in math right. you know you like what is two plus two and your child saying three and you start screaming and your child saying eight and then you start beating them and then your child saying ten you know your child, <laughs> your child just saying things because they're just so frightened because a lot of times, you know, people experience math anxiety. That's a real thing. They have, tra- wow, I they have, have trauma have math. math, for anxiety. math. <laughs> yeah, they have trauma for math. Teachers have told them they were, you know, this or they were that. And they've been, like, criticized or laughed at for getting problems wrong. So when it comes to math, math is so sensitive. So you just have to know how to deal with a person. And then once you get that connection then you can teach that child anything you want to. And they be begging to learn afterwards, you know. But sometimes with a parent, you know, the parent take it personal. You don't know two plus two. They, inside, they feel though. oh, my goodness, my child should know this. You know, why is it my child, my child, my child, my child? No, it's not about you. Get your ego out the way and get your child some help. You know, but parents, you know, it's like, this is my child. My child's supposed to know this. My child, but it's not your child, it's you. You don't know how to show your child. You know, your child learns a certain way. Yeah. You know,
0: no, I feel like that happens that. it huh? I feel
1: like
0: that happens a lot with um sports. You have oh, yeah. Of, uh, don't dad. talk
1: about sports. That's a whole yeah. different ball game.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be out here on this field with you, and you're going to do it this way. It's like,
1: yeah. <laughs> You <laughs> have to take parents away because it's so personal. You know, the parents feel that you're representing me. It's about me. Show them show them what you can do, what I showed you, you know, but it's not about the parent. The parent, a lot of times, is the biggest problem. And they mm-hmm. want to say, my child not getting this. My child had bad behavior. And a lot of times it comes from how the parents treat the child, the expectations, the, you know, different things like that. You know, And the child is going to react to different things. If you, if you fussing at your child all the time and that's all the attention they get, they're going to be showing off because they're going to get attention. Yeah. If you don't give them attention for bringing home an A, but you give them attention for messing up a room, they're going to go and mess up a room because they want that attention. Children want attention whether it's good or bad. And if yeah. you're not giving them the attention they want, they're going to make sure they get that attention. And so sometimes they just do stuff just to get attention and they feel that there's some type of love. So if you like my child, no matter how much I beat him or no matter how much I do this, he keeps showing off and he is going to keep showing off. And so you start giving him attention for doing things that are correct. And then he's going to be like, Oh, when I do this, correct. Mommy gives me this. If you start, you know, changing that attention to something more positive, the child will do more positive things but you only an attention to the negative things and children need attention. So they're going to, they're going to do it.
2: <laughs> you yeah. Know? You know, that's a, um, a generational curse that either needs to be worked on or people are working on, you know, right. because we tend to do what we have seen, what we have learned and what's been done to us. Right. So if we were the type of child to, only get and this can work both ways. If I'm the type of child that received all negative um, attention, I have to. I have a decision to make. I can either show my child that same type of attention, or I can take all of the anxiety that came from what I saw and what I what mm-hmm. I went through, and change how I approach my child when we're facing adversity. Whether it's you know they're having a bad day. Whether right. they went outside and got their brand new clothes all dirty, whatever the case may be, whether he didn't know what two plus two was, we truly and Nicole and I talk a lot about this when it comes to how we talk and parent our children. Whether we saw something that wasn't helpful before, we just know that we want to do something different moving forward, right?
1: And, and the thing about it, parents have to learn how to parent, you know? We take what we found out and we we try to do that, but a lot of stuff we learned was opposite of how we're supposed to be. You know, everything, it's like, when you get to be an adult and you read and you be around people on a different level, you realize everything you learned was totally backwards of how it's supposed to be. So you have to like relearn how to be a lot, you know, relearn how to do things. Like you said, generational curses. You know, because you know, our parents did this. So people are like, why you do it? Oh, because my mom did it. Why your mom do it? Because her grand her mother did it and her mother did it. Everyone's doing the yeah. same thing because that's what they saw. But in certain situations, given where you're coming from, you know, you have to relearn, you know, and the positive approach is the best approach. You know, don't always try to you know, target your child when they're doing something wrong, you know, wait till they do something right and then praise it. And then that's, um, I got that from this book called Well Done, like the animal well done. He talks about positive reinforcement, how, you know, how a lot of times parents and children are really struggling because parents are just, you did this and you did that and you did this. And the kid just taking everything in and they just having that hostility against their parent.
2: Yeah. You know, So you just have
1: to do things. They say wait. They say wait until you see something positive. And then when you see it, that's when you praise it, you know, and then redirect the negative behavior. If your child is not making the bed up, then you might be like, okay, let's make the bed up together. Kind of redirect it so you don't have to be like, you can make the pan again. You know, you don't have to be on it. Kind of redirect it. It's good for you too. So you won't have to hold a grudge. Yeah. And then yeah. if they do something like, okay, bring you some cereal or something like that, you can be like, oh man, that is great. You know, and go all out. And mm-hmm. then always just try to wait to see them doing something good and just keep being positive with them. But it's really easy to target something negative, though. It's really easy okay you ain't do this you ain't do this you ain't do that i mean that gets like crazy for the children
0: but you know what no. you know what that also sounds like <laughs> adults <laughs> you know how, and like let's just use a relationship you'll get upset and be like soon as something bad happen you like you always want to say something about me doing something bad but you want to tell me about nothing not i'm doing good <laughs> right.
1: that's, for adults yeah. too. that's for adults too that works <laughs> for adults also like so we have did- like when you Flip. get that
0: text or something that's like, I hope
1: you're having a good day. You're like, oh, my gosh, you sent me a text during the day. But on the other side, you like, okay, thank you for I know. It <laughs> I know. Nobody wants that. And like I said, <laughs> even, even with employees, if you're like a boss, you know, you're always telling your employees what they're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. But you need to tell them more of what they're doing right. And if they're doing okay. something wrong, say, okay, I see you're doing this. Let's just try this. Right. You know, and they start feeling safer, and they can open up more to you. You know, before it's like some type of crisis that goes on, and you're realizing, wow, you know, they didn't even come to me because they don't want to keep being disciplined. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: That's,
0: you know, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, um, it works. Yeah, I I believe it. I try it. Sometimes I'm wishing I tried more than than I do now, but I, I it does work. It does work. I kind of feel like I'm like doing a mind thing with them sometimes, but it works. And then I think, like you said, those things pay off, especially as they get older. Um, Right,
1: right. You want to have a good relationship. You don't want your kid when they get 18 or whatever age gone and they come back. Oh, I can't wait till I get 18, get my car. And they like gone. They totally like leave you and go somewhere. You don't want that. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So let's I was trying to find out questions and monitor the the lab. I have them. I wrote them down. Battle. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. So I, um did so you want to Oh, sorry. I'm
0: we're sorry. Ahead. Go ahead, Nicole. No, I was about to ask you did you want to move to to the um the books and the
2: journals? Yep, we were on the same wavelength. <laughs> um so we talked a lot about your tutoring business and at the end of the show we'll ask you to like give your job whether you have social media uh, social media platforms or website that everyone can go to um Mm -hmm. but the books and journals let's talk about those what what are your books about because books and journals are two completely different things (laughs) okay so
1: i have only i have one book um, my book is, like I said, this is my poetry book. It's called B, B E. Um, it's about being inspired, being your best, being excellent, anything positive when you think about the word B. This is what my book is about. And so I talk about. Um, my experience with my mom, you know, being an alcoholic and how alcohol took on a, as alcohol was seen as a person. It's like, you know, I was jealous because she was in a relationship like he was a man. So I use a lot of personification. Um, I talk about pancreatic cancer in a play as it um, relates to my grandmother. And I just talk about other different things to like encourage females to be empowered, to be strong, to be better. And, yeah, so it's a lot of personal things and things that um, to inspire, inspire women. But um, after I wrote my book, I decided to make, like, a big collection of different books. So I have, like, teacher planners and notebooks and um, a lot of different planners. I have, like, 149 different books, all different designs, that i created um the notebooks have blank paper or some of them have regular notebook paper i have five-year planners
2: and so on and so forth so wait this this was not all done within the span of a couple weeks just the journal was right um no i did it within three weeks all of those books and the journal Um,
1: my poetry book i I did that on my I, i um published that on my mom's birthday that was um the 23rd of february but the books within like three four weeks i did i told you i became obsessed and you know (laughs) and so yeah so um yeah so this one right here it just have like plain paper it's a notebook that you can write in and take notes um and like it's the teacher planner i did this one it has different things like attendance and um lesson plans and things like that because i was a teacher and i you know know a lot about planning and i have a homeschool planner for people that's struggling with homeschoolers i put everything you need in it as far as attendance and um curriculum stuff and things like that so i've been a homeschooler so i know how to do that a teacher do that notebooks and journals i love them so i decided to make some from you know make them myself um like I said, I'm very artsy. So every I design pretty much every cover, you know, and I love to create things. So yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that. <laughs>
2: um, that's amazing within three to four weeks.
1: Right. Yeah, like four weeks. And then it's right here, I have an Islamic, Islamic daily um planner. So I made a couple of things for Islam. Um, Islamic Daily Planner, and I made a um Arabic tracing book. So people that's trying to learn Arabic, they can trace the alphabets, they can trace some words and things like that. When people come, you know, new into Islam, they trying to figure out how to pronounce
2: certain words and enunciate um, certain letters and things like that.
1: So I have I a whole when, collection. um
2: <laughs> When I became aware of the Arabic language through my aunt, she would teach me some... <laughs> she would teach me some words. And even to this day... I'll still, <laughs> yeah, so still way you pronounce face-to-face. certain things. <sighs> yeah, it's a different yeah.
1: You know, it's, it's every letter comes from a different place. So yeah, yeah well, it I has think,
2: its own right. So yeah, I it think can one be, of my um one of my favorite words. <laughs> one of my favorite words to pronounce is a stuffala. Oh a <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. When you do something wrong, people say, oh,
2: no. <laughs> yeah. When I would hear her say I'd be like, I used to say, what, what is that? Like, what mm-hmm. does that mean? And she would tell me, and I would be like, Haha, I'm taking it. And anyone right. that You I only meet, say that
1: when someone's doing something bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime that I meet someone who speaks a different language, Nicole will pick up on their accent, but I'll ask for some some words like give me some phrases to say. So I think I might actually purchase that Arabic book just to, you know, okay. have it in my, my repertoire. Okay. <laughs> yeah, learning yeah, languages yeah. is
1: a beautiful thing.
2: Now you gotta
0: do a an audio book with you. What's it what's that app called? But <laughs> what is it? Audible? It's oh, oh, not like, not audible not an audible. And you can learn how to speak um, the different languages. I forgot, I forgot what it's called. But I, I know gonna, which
2: one you're talking about, you
0: yeah. It, Adrian, you can make it, uh, uh, make an app or something and teach people that way.
1: <laughs> so, so my sons, all of my sons can, like, you know, read Arabic thoroughly. Uh-huh. And so I would get one of them, probably the baby. He's 12. So I probably would get him. He said he wanted to do the audio for my book. So I was thinking about getting him, you know, and um, giving him to work with me because um when I was on YouTube, also, I have math videos. And mm-hmm. so my 12 year old back then, he was I think he probably was like seven or eight. We used to do math videos and I would let him go and teach, you know, because like I said, all my sons, they love math, too. And if you really want to go into the math story, my oldest son almost got a perfect on an SAT and he got a full ride and he's about to get his Ph.D. And he never had to pay a cent because that math, that math, um, SAT. So okay. math is. Be available. Is come here. Be huh?
2: available be available come this school year because i'm gonna be like adrienne <laughs> it's middle school math and i ain't
1: got it in me oh yeah like i said i love math with a passion and like i said it's, if it's not me i do have tutors that um tutor math but math is it is it is my passion like i said i prep my son you know i did prep him over the summer he did have the intellect but i had to give him the structure and like i said he's um he's in california at ucla um, working on neuroscience, so you know, you know, he's out there. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, real proud because if you saw him when he was younger, you know, he was hype, and they wanted to label him, but I refused to let him get a label. You know, they wanted to label him because his behavior wasn't the best, and he was very hyper. what people call it, um ADHD and ADD or whatever you call it. He was very hyper, but I refused to let them label him and isolate him. And so my main goal for him was to make sure that he could read and do math and make sure he was above level. So every time they tested him, they, they couldn't touch him. You know, even though he had bad behavior, he was getting in trouble. His grades like over, you know, was over top of everything. And so, and eventually he was able to calm down, you know, as he got older, but um, yeah, it was a lot. They had to always hold his hand because he would just run right out the street and, I got a lot of phone calls from (laughs) teachers and babysitters and, but now my baby about the working on his PhD. So, you know, I mean, kids can turn around, children can turn around. You just have to make the, have the structure for them, you know, monitor their diet. They hyper, you got to cut out the sugar. So he couldn't eat sugar like regular kids, you know, (laughs) he had to monitor the sugar Mm -hmm. and And he always had a book in his hand, you know, he was a bookworm. He even got in trouble for reading because he would read instead of doing chores. So sometimes we had to go in his room and take out his book collection (laughs) until he was able to do his chores. And people would be like, why you do that? And to your son, I was like, well, you know, reading is excellent, but you have to know how to do chores too. So parents look at me like I'm crazy because I held the books hostage. Because he wouldn't do his chores. But after he did his chores, he got his books back. And that's his love. So, yeah. Even I mean, reading can be too much. Is,
2: huh? Although it's it's books. And, you know, we all want our kids to read. But it's essentially the same thing as taking away their PlayStation or their phone. It's something that they Yeah, but they reading is different, though. You know, no, people, I, put reading, people put reading on a different level. <laughs> you no, know, I get that. But what I'm saying is, is that even though it was something that he really, really enjoyed, There still had to be a balance with the life responsibilities that was presented to him. You know what I mean? So whether it was a book, whether it be their cell phone, anything that takes them away from life's (laughs) responsibilities when they're not doing, you know, when they're not doing them, essentially would have to be, you know, taken away from them until they can balance the best of both worlds. That's true. And I was conflicted, though.
1: I was. Because I never heard it being done and me actually taking his books. I was a little conflicted. But that's something I had to do for him yeah. to, like you said, keep the balance.
2: <laughs> yeah. See, you, you have your poetry book with you, right? Yes. Now, you, you mentioned wanting to read a short poem. Yes. Do you have one in mind?
1: Yes. Um... <clears throat> I have um, this poem called a man doesn't determine your worth. I thought that'd be a good poem because I know that a lot of females, when they get with someone, they want to give them everything, everything they have and everything they don't have, you know, even if they don't have it, they come up with a way to give it to them. So you're giving this man everything. And I just um, wrote a poem about a man doesn't determine your worth. So, y'all ready?
2: The floor is yours.
1: <laughs> okay. A man doesn't determine your worth. A man doesn't determine your worth. You are responsible for your worth and your happiness. If you let a man determine your worth, you, he will make you priceless one day and worthless the next. You will be on an emotional roller coaster ride that never ends. Only you can stop the ride by getting off. You can do everything right, sacrifice everything, and still end up with nothing because you will never be enough in his eyes. It's not you, sis. It's him. You will still have yourself, and that's priceless. The great thing about this is is you. Even though it doesn't feel like it, you are everything. You are worthy, and you deserve the best use that same energy and more that you put into him and give it to the person that deserve it the most you it's time for you to show yourself love limitlessly <laughs> mm. and so that was that, like i said that was really important because as women sometimes we get our, our roles and things like that we get mixed up you know um, in Islam, the priority is God first, then yourself, then your spouse, then your children. And so, if you do God first and you second, a lot of times that you can protect yourself. You know, you can protect yourself. But if your spouse is not acting right, then of course you, you know, you pick, you put your, put your child up a little bit on another level. But <laughs> you're not supposed to put them before yourself because you have to maintain yourself and. Um, you can't do anything if you're empty, you know, you're empty and you're trying to save the whole world. You can barely walk and you're trying to save your children, you know, and you don't want the children to see that because they're going to use you as an example, especially if you have females, and they're going to pretty much get in the same situations a lot of time and be doing the same thing, you know, with their children and getting stuck because their mom did it. But, you know, like I said, God comes first, you come second, you know, protect yourself, protect your dreams, don't sacrifice everything. Leave something for you, you know. Because you'll drop this, then you'll drop that, and then you'll leave this, and then you'll leave that. As soon as you know you lot, you dropped and left everything, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. Yeah, you gotta you gotta start over. And as females, we give a lot, but it doesn't say we have to give our soul to everybody. And the kids can wait; they will be okay. They're stronger than what you think. You know, they're crying, they get over it. You know, kids that <laughs> get over it. Um. You know, sometimes they want to take your time. Mom, I want you to read this book. Mom, I want you to do this. Like, mommy will do it in 30 minutes. And that 30 minutes is your time, and you can't feel guilty. You know, it's called, um, what kind of guilt? I forgot. It's called something guilt. Mom, mother guilt. You know, it's like a mommy guilt thing. You know, yeah. you your, your child come to you. You feel bad if you tell your child no. But sometimes it's okay for them to hear no, because when they go out in the world, they're going to hear no. You don't want them to be shocked. Yeah, No, mommy is not going to do that right now. Give me an hour and mommy will come back and the children will be okay. No one's going to say you're a bad mom. You know, you know, you have to have boundaries as a woman where everybody will walk over you, your spouse, your children, your parents, and the people on your job, they will all walk over you, you know, so you are, you're very important and you have to maintain yourself no matter what. It's a war. It's a war against females and females have to protect themselves because everyone thinks that we be supposed to give everything to them and not ask for anything in return. So it's a war against females and we got to stand up and we got to say enough is enough. And no, I'm going to protect myself. And when I'm ready to help you, I'll be there. But until then, you gotta wait.
2: (laughs) Right.
1: You know, and it's okay. It's okay if you if you want to be successful, you gotta set boundaries. Maybe bring in a cook to cook, you know, some of the dinners. Someone to iron the clothes, and that's okay. You don't have to do every single thing, especially if you have other things you want to do. But if you are a homemaker and that that makes you happy, then you know, do your thing. But some women, we want to be entrepreneurs. And we want to be able to focus on that. And still, you know, maybe somebody will take the kids today or somebody will read to the kids or somebody will cook a meal. You know, if you have the money, pay for it. You know, that's what people, females that are really successful, they have other people doing things for them and they're not feeling guilty about it. It's just some of us feel guilty because we feel as though we got to take on, save the whole world. And then at the end, we're left with nothing. We're yeah. just sitting there like, when is it my time? And I have a poem about that too. <laughs> when is it my time? But um, your time is now. Because nobody nobody is going to save a woman but herself. Your husband's not going to save you. Your children's not going to save you. And your job is not going to save you. Nobody's going to save you but you. You, know, you might try to save your children, but no one is going to come and save you. And once you give everything out, you're not going to have anything left. So you have to fight. You have to say, nope. I'm not giving. I'm not going to give it to you.
0: But you know, Adrian, that's something that, um, like everything that you just said, I feel like that's something that, like we we have to practice doing and 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 just knowing, learning that it's okay. Like we know that we're good mothers. We know that we're raising our children the best way that we can. We know we're providing them, you know, with a decent life. And I think that it's important for us to just learned that it's okay. It's okay for me to, like, my daughter came in here about 10 times, and you know, I didn't really stop to recognize her, but I had to, like, let her know, if you see the computer in front of me, I need for you to understand something has happened. I can't just drop everything because you right. can't go on Roblox. Right. Before, it's like, oh, wait, the whole world stops because Layla walked into the right room. or right. the whole world stops because Terrence needs football cleats. You know, and they want you to just do, 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 do. Right. It. I know. And you just be like, what? Like, I, I was, th- a few weeks ago, I literally was like, how is it that I'm home, working from home, you know, my children are home. And I feel like I've had the worst mental day ever mm-hmm. and I didn't even leave my house. Right. And that made me feel like, like, literally, I felt like I was having a breakdown. And yeah. that made me think, like, I really have to say... No, I just mean, if I'm like, yes, husband, I know you just got home. I know you want to do this, that, and the third. I just need to go take a walk. No, you can't come with me. I want to go by myself. Because like you said, you find yourself like you're not, you don't have, you give everything to everybody else. And then by the time it's time for you, there's nothing in you. That's That's like tonight. Like one of my things, my appointment was my nails. So one of my things for me to do to get away for that hour, hour and a half, uh-huh. It's gonna be my nails done. Don't call me, don't t- text me, leave me alone. You don't need me unless it's an emergency. Stop. Uh-huh. And, like, so for the show tonight, you know, I was last week, Mika Brieva talking, and she was like, Why would you make an appointment on? And I'm like, I think I, our times got confused. However, in my <laughs> head, I was like, I'm not canceling my appointment,
1: I need that hour right, in right? That's just self care, <laughs> that's self care. <laughs> That is self-care. <laughs> right. and, and, and look, and you're right, though, because women are the only ones that go through it. And society have us thinking that we're supposed to give it all. But it's not true. I, I want you to read this book. We should all be millionaires by Rachel Rogers. We should all be millionaires by Rachel Rogers. And she speak about the mother guilt she speak about putting boundaries down. We have to set boundaries. <clears throat> from six to seven is mommy time, don't knock on the door. You know, yeah. set boundaries so you don't have to be telling them every single moment. You know, and then know, they would be like, they, once you train them, they'll know that, okay, six to seven is mommy time, we don't touch her. But you got to set that time up and you can do it. You can go with them and say from five to seven is my time. You can tell your husband and tell your children. And they have to respect that. And you'll see it they will fit into it but you have to set it up and sometimes sometimes moms feel like oh no i can't do that that's being a bad mom no you're being a good mom because you're taking care of yourself that's gonna make you even better to take care of your children now if you don't do boundaries then you're really are kind of being a bad mom because you let them take advantage of you and you're not going to have anything and so you're not able to give anything so that's that in actuality that's really being a bad mom yeah So setting boundaries, yeah, doing your nails, getting your hair done, talking on the phone, you know, sometimes you get on the phone, the kids want to be in your face when you're on the phone, you're like, dad, you was in my face all day, but I pick up the phone, you all in my face, right? you know, (laughs) but mommy's on the phone. You don't speak to mommy when I'm on the phone. I'll speak to you when I get off the phone. Yeah. Mommy need time from 6 to 8. So from 6, you can put a little thing on the door. 6 to 8, mommy time. Do not disturb. Get a do not disturb sign and train your family to respect you. And they will. You'd be surprised. You'd be like, oh, my goodness, it actually works. Right, and
0: Layla, The youngest, she can read, you know, Layla. She's be to take that sign off the door and throw it or put it on her
2: own door. Yeah, she will get she She's going to have a key. She going to have a master key to get into the door. But try it, though. <laughs> train it,
1: though. And then once you train it afterwards, do something special. Okay, mom is free because that's when you get your self-care. You feel so good. You know, you want to go. You want to hug. Maybe make a cake. You feel good afterwards. You just need that time to yourself to, like, concentrate. You know, yeah. not micromanage or be micromanaged. Mm-hmm. You know, right. sometimes you're actually being micromanaged. Did you do this, Did you do the cooking, Did you do the cleaning. You know, you know, I'm a grown woman. Why are you micromanaging me? You know, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be micromanaged, and you don't want nobody else to micromanage you. Right. Set your boundaries, and it will change your life. And like I guess I read that book, and it talks about how to set your boundaries, how to pick out the friends that you need in your, you know, the five friends that you need in your circle. You know, the book. Huh? Yes, that's it. Okay. And when you're in circles, you don't want to always be the smartest one, always giving advice. You want to actually be learning from people around you. You know, you want to actually be learning. So, yeah. you know, she teach you how to weed out your friends and how to the, to maintain your family. And as women, we think we're supposed to give it all and fall out with nothing. But no, the women that are being successful and they are happy, they are getting their nails done. They're getting their hair done. You see them smiling, talking, or, you know, podcasting, like, you know, that y'all doing, you know, but they're taking time. And then people are respecting their boundaries. Yeah, It's going to be resistance, though, because they so used to having you when they want you. But mm-hmm. you need to say No. This right. is my time, and I'm not going. You know, say no. And it's not being selfish; it's being self full because you're going to be a better person, and you're going to be happier, and you, you know, you're going to be yeah. a better person overall.
0: Yes, I agree. Everything you're saying,
1: it's yeah. a war against women. I'm telling you, it's a war against women. We're supposed to do everything for everybody, and just and just not have anything for ourselves. But no, it's a different time, and we can speak for ourselves. We are very educated, and mm-hmm. we deserve respect. And we're going to set boundaries. And it's just that simple.
2: <laughs> we need you on Capitol
0: Hill. <laughs> <laughs> we have a show on that, though. Because I do think, like, mothers, I think that a lot of our, well, I'm not going to say a lot of our friends, but there are many mothers that I that I do know and I can see it where it's difficult. Like, it's it's always, oh, I'm so tired or they get on my nerves. But I right. think when you start to set, like you said, set those boundaries and, right. and and get into practice with them respecting it. Like you said, you'll see more smiles, you'll feel better. And like what I noticed that there's no reason why I should be upset. I Now I've learned to just like stop and just be like, okay, Nicole, why are you having this feeling? What is going on? Why are you having this emotion? Like what's happening around you right now? And then I try to, to hound in on, what do I need to change? Because nobody likes to be upset. Nobody likes to be in a bad mood. So, you know, I'm learning that thing. And if I'm identifying that it's because one of the kids are doing something, then, you know, I need to figure out what needs to be done. So it's not putting me in this like mood right. where I'm frustrated and they can't come talk to me because every time they come and I'm
1: like, what do you want? You know, I'm <laughs> like. You're only German. Yeah. You are only human. A lot of times men get a break and they get to leave the house and come back. Sometimes right. we left in the house. There's no break at all. Even if you take a nap, that's still not a break. You know? Right. So it's like they get to leave the house, sometimes go to work, and they get to talk and communicate with people. And we're left at home with children. And only people we're talking to is our kids. That can drive you crazy. <laughs> you know, you like oh, that's the only conversation I had was with the children. I need some adult conversation. Right. I mean a lot of females go through that and I know how I feel. Cause I'm just like, Dag, I've been talking to children all day. I want to have a conversation with you and you're tired. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you know what it's like. What? It's like- no,
0: you know what I'm I'm finding now. I don't wanna really do or talk to anybody because I'm getting so used to being alone. And then even with them, when I'm like, okay, just give me a moment, leave, you know, stop. Then they'll come through through a text. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're still here. You're not even here in the room. <laughs> Boundaries. <laughs> Boundaries. Yeah. Not being around anybody. So I don't really want to talk to anybody. I don't really want to go anywhere. And that's okay, though. Know, I'm like, okay, but I need to get some air. I need to take a walk. I need to like yeah. practice there's a beginning to work day and there's an end to the work day and stick to it instead of you know there's a lot this is and a lot.
1: The, and it's, it's a lot for us because look i was working a full-time at one time my husband working a full-time i feel as though i gotta work a full-time come home get the clothes ready cook the meal and everything else why do i gotta do all these things because a woman as women we take on everything even though we working full time also Right. You know, but my husband, he, you know, he's good, but he can cook and he can do things too. But as a woman, we feel so bad. Oh, we don't have the kids like this or we not cooking the dinner like this. We feel bad. That's what we're putting on ourselves. But like I said, we have to be able to protect ourselves first. And if cooking a meal might take away from that peace order out, we're going to have peace tonight. the night. You know, mommy's not gonna dude. set up over the stove. We're gonna have pizza <laughs> and I'm gonna go in there and I need to study for my class. And right. when you're going to college or you if you're going to college, it's a struggle because you feel like, oh my goodness, my school is taken away from my family and my spouse. No, you need to have something for yourself. Set a boundary. Yeah. This time is my school time. You know, this is what mommy's going to do. And then afterwards, mommy's going to tend to you because you're in school, you're working, you're in sports. I'm taking you back and forth to sports all week long. Now I have a class. I got to drop it because I don't have enough time. No, I'm going to keep my class and you're going to be patient. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Females always dropping everything. We're in school, then we drop school. You know, we got a a new hobby that we love, but we drop it because it's interfering with the time. Just put a boundary around that time. From six to seven, mommy is going to be doing crafts. On the door, do not disturb, mommy craft time. Yeah. You know, and then you feel it, you know, if you're doing something that you love to do, it's really good for your soul. You know, it brings out the best in you, but if you always leave in everything, then you feel bitter. And sometimes you get to be resent, have resentment.
0: And mm-hmm. you yeah. don't want
1: to be the person with resentment because no matter what your children do or your husband do you always gonna have some type of feeling like i could have been finished school or i could have been making this job or i could have been with this person you're gonna have that feeling always and that doesn't go away and you need counseling for that you know yeah. yeah yeah i agree you know resentment that women it's easy for women to resent things because women tend to let things go Easily. We drop something easily. We have something that we love. Hanging out with our girls on Thursday. Oh, it's interfering with this. You drop it, and then over years you have all that resentment because you lost those friends. Sometimes you lost family members because you spend too much time with your family. And then your family, your, your, your relationship is strained with your family. Because you're trying to dedicate all this time to people and they don't even respect it. And then later on, once you give them all that time, when you need time, they're not even gonna be around. (laughs) So you gotta put boundaries in. Some of them are not gonna be around. You give them everything. And then some of the people that children, some of the parents that give their children everything, those same children wind up disrespecting those parents. And right. they'd be like, Oh, it's he like that? I give him everything. But you didn't show him boundaries and how it looks, you know, for a person to be happy. He only yeah. saw mommy sad and working and stressed. So he doesn't respect that. He didn't see you up and positive and doing that, you know? And so, you know, sometimes people don't respect, you know, weakness
2: sometimes, you know. Yeah. I agree.
0: Come for you was about that same
2: something. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. But- no, no, no. It's fine. It's okay. Um, I couldn't remember the point that it was about. Um, but earlier, I I was sitting here and I was thinking I've had a lot of time to myself recently, and it's nice. But I'm, I'm not. You mentioned something about feeling guilty, and Jamel is literally going to be gone. He left last Thursday. Okay. I will only see him for the next two weeks um, on—I pick him up Thursday. I pick him up Wednesday. He'll be home Thursday and Friday, and he leaves again Friday and won't be back home until Sunday. And he's going on vacation with my family, but I've had a lot of, like, downtime where I have— Nicole said it. I've chosen to just, like, be in the house, not wanting to do anything, not really reaching out to anybody to talk on the phone or to and you know make plans because I'm feeling a void of not having something to do when I'm used to being on the move all the time. I've taken this time to really just sit still, but I'm like, I have a kid that's not home and I'm sitting still in peace and quiet in a clean house. You and deserve I it to cook a you meal for it. myself. But see, this is the thing. I I know I deserve it, but there's that that guilt trip that comes in there, like, damn, I have I have a whole child that's not home. Granted, it's summer. Every, you know, people are going on vacations or whatever. And he's normally, when we're on vacation, we're normally together. So this is the second year where he's went on vacation with my family, but not like back to back to back type of vacations. So I'm just like, dang, I can't wait for him to come home. But then we'll be like, dang, I
1: can't wait for you to leave. <laughs> yeah, we we get conflicted as mothers. I mean, it's only natural because we nurture us, you know. So I, so too much time, can we can feel guilty too much time because you did get a lot of time to chill. But, you know, it's it's like back and forth with us. So, you know. Yeah, yeah I miss You my know kids. you're going to see them, you know, God willing. So, you know, you're just in a space now that a lot of women wish they can be in. <laughs>
2: yeah, but, and I don't take it <laughs>
1: But, um, but yeah, you know, um, it's just hard. No one really teaches us how to be parents and we learn from our parents and a lot of times they made a lot of mistakes. They didn't know everyone just trying to do the best they can do, you know, trying to do the best. And like they said, everyone is doing a hundred percent of who they are. You know, you're doing a hundred percent. Everyone's doing a hundred percent. So this is what the person is doing. You know, so if you want more, maybe they have to learn it or be trained. But this is what the person, you know, what the person does. And women, like I said, we got to fight. We got to fight for our survival. You know, we've been abused, you know, we've been, you know, everything that's happening to us. We got to protect ourselves. You know, we got to protect ourselves no matter what. Sometimes you got to protect yourself against your child because your children will try to use you. You know, yeah.
2: your parents, your spouse. Yeah, for
1: sure. they you know, dad, do. keep doing sure. this. You got to protect yourself no matter what, you know, it's like, you got to put your fist up and say, no, n- enough is enough. I'm not going to do it. And they just had to respect it. You know, if you're serious, you can't give in and be like, okay, I said seven to eight, but maybe just seven, maybe no, I said seven to 10, but maybe I'll just do seven to eight. You know, you can't, you got to stick to your yeah. own boundaries. You know, sometimes you feel like you know what? Maybe I'm not worthy to have all those hours. No, you are worthy, and it's your time. And everybody's going to be okay. Nobody's going to die from waiting. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <I'm> waiting. <laughs> hope not. You gotta wait. You,
1: look, you'll make it up because once you have those three hours or whatever, you'll be walking around. Your nails done. Your head. You know, you'll be walking around. Which all want to eat. You know, right. water, you know, you always you will feel you'll feel really good once you have that time. But if you don't have that time, you're like bitter. You're yeah. on edge. You got yeah. an attitude. You're always sick. You want to take a nap. Can't get out the bed. You know, you can't get out the bed. You don't want to get out the bed because there's so much work you have to do. So you're really close to that bed. No matter where you are, you're close to that bed.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Baby, calling my name now. I can hear it in the distance.
1: <laughs> you're close to that bed. That bed's like your best friend trying to get that nap in because that's, that's the only me time you have is your nap. For a lot of females, the only me time is that nap. So Mm -hmm. they get into a moment where they gotta take a nap because that's the only space they have. People are not gonna bother, well, the kids might still bother them, but
2: they kind of (laughs) respect it a little bit, maybe. (laughs) Mm -mm. My kid, no. When I say I'm taking a nap, do not bother me. Don't bother me. When he graduated, Nicole, I don't know if I told you this, but um, I was so (laughs) tired because I had to go into the building that day and then I came and I um, you went to Jamel's graduation and came and picked Aiden up. After we left Sunset Cove, <laughs> we came in the house and I said, I don't want to hear a beep. I said, I'm going in my room and I'm laying down. I said, my head is starting to hurt. I said, I don't want to hear no argument." I said, give me an hour, just an hour. Girl, I came, I woke up, came out here. Jamel was like, mom, you feeling better? Aiden said, well, good morning, Cabri. <laughs> I said, good morning. <laughs> And I felt, I felt amazing. I have to take a break. I'm, I right. have you to have take, to a, take nap. a break. If I don't take a nap, it's no good for anybody. It's yeah. No good for myself. It's <laughs> just all not women, a good idea. All
1: women has all women have to take a break. Some just don't. And so some of them get to the point where it feel like they're about to have a nervous breakdown because they're so overwhelmed. (laughs) They let so many things go and they're constantly working for other people like they don't have worth themselves. Yeah. You know, you're always giving out, you know, and in in a way, you know, it's almost like a slave almost in a way. You're giving, but you're not giving anything back. If you look at that like a modern day slave, that's what you if you look at it like that. Yeah. You're just constantly giving and you're not getting like fulfillment back. You know, and it's sad because you want to cry, you know, and I tell females it's okay to cry. You know, you want to be strong. You want people to see. Sometimes you back got to walk down the street, go down there and cry. That's self-care. Wipe your tears, come back home, and you okay. Sometimes you got to cry because it's so sad. You feel so sad what you're doing to yourself. And you feel it. It's like a sadness inside, you know, and you've been holding that cry for so long, but you got to let it out. And that's only okay. human. We got to let it out. We got to cry. Yeah. And you feel so much better after you cry. You feel so much better. But sometimes you got to take a long walk because sometimes when that cry come out, it's not going to be pretty. So some, right. some people got to take a long walk because those tears been <laughs> built up for years. Yeah. You know? And it's been like grief. You never was able to get over. You never cried for your mother, your dad, your sister. This happened. Some trauma. You know, you just got to cry because you got to let that emotion out. And you'll break down. You'll go crazy. You'll lose yourself. You you That's know, you won't true. be able. sometimes you won't be able to stand. It's just so much that females go through. And then we have, like, the menstrual cycles and hormonal problems. I mean, all that have to be figured in. So, you know, you cry and then you laugh and, you know, you want the emotion. Then when you get pregnant, I mean, it's just a lot of stuff. I talk about that in the poetry and the poem, too. It's so amazing. Like- my-
0: then you be talking to yourself. I have a sign that because <laughs> they be coming in and be like, "Who are you talking to?" So I got a and my sign says, "If you see me um, in here talking to myself, just move along. We're having a team meeting." <laughs>
1: yeah. That's good though. Sometimes you do. You might like, this person crazy. Sometimes you do gotta talk to yourself. I think the people that talk to themselves tend to be the most sane because they they actually rationalizing things.
0: <laughs> yeah, all twenty seven hours. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we have to express ourselves because we're only human (laughs) and we're the only humans on this earth that's not supposed to be able to express our true feelings. Right. Besides men, sometimes they say men don't cry and stuff like that. But women, we are supposed to be, you know, given so much without any emotion, given with a smile. You know, who does that? I mean, how can you how long can you keep that up? Yeah. You know, and if you're not smiling, what's wrong, mom? You know, mom's not having a good day
2: today.
1: <laughs> like right. I said, the do not disturb sign. Every female need to have a do not disturb, have a little family meeting, okay? The day we're going to talk about mommy's boundaries. That's what's <laughs> going to happen from now on. And then when you see the sign, no one better not knock on the door. Right. It's going to make a lot of females happy. I need to go on Amazon
0: and,
2: and get me that. You late? I'm already searching for it. Yep. What I need to
1: do. It's gonna make a lot of females happy because a lot of females just feel that they have to give everything they're sold, and we don't. No one said we did. You know, we just decided we do, and then the family make us feel that way. You know, <laughs> sometimes people's spouses need so much attention. You know, you can't have a break. Like you said, you know, you be like, I'm going to get my nails done. Can I go? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and and even when you get your nails done, they still try to come through. No,
1: I can get my nails done (laughs) on my own, and I'll be back to see you. (laughs) Like, you know, sometimes you just need to walk, or sometimes just a ride in the car to the market. The market is the best place. Because (laughs) no one can say, oh, she out there doing this, or she doing that. I'm going to the market. So that was my break time. I will always find a time to go to the market. No one can say anything about mommy going to the market and i'll just be in there with my cart strolling the market is like the best place that's like one of the best self self care place yeah no way, you can't feel guilty going to the market getting food how can you feel guilty about that
2: right until you get to that register now you see the price <laughs> right
1: and sometimes you get you don't have anything but but milk you just walking around <laughs> <laughs> looking at prices but yeah the market is a good place to use as an excuse for self-care they say you can't go here with your girls or you can't go here because that's not fair but if you go to the market it's benefiting everybody and you can get your free time at the market (laughs) you can just walk through the aisle like twice and go around the store until they close and you can say well you know you was in the market you couldn't find what you had to find right yeah that's how that's like that. like i said the market was a beautiful thing for me i love it (laughs) in nighttime middle of the night Go right to the market. You know, I'm going to the store. Where you going? I'm going to the market.
2: <laughs> oh man.
0: Well, Adrian, thank you. Was it was there anything um that we didn't get a chance to talk to you about that you wanted to shed a little more light on? Or did we cover everything? I think we covered
1: everything. Yeah, I think we co- covered all the, the basic things. I, I do yeah, I do believe we covered, yeah, because like I said, there's more, but all those things need to go into a book. There's <laughs> not enough time. Uh, that might be something in the future we'll see, but um, I think we covered a lot. It was a pleasure, and I'm very appreciative that y'all had me on your show, yes. And now, don't forget this.
0: And um, if you want to take a picture of the, the um, yes. picture, yeah, if you want to take a picture of it and send it to me, or if you want to type it up and send it to me, I can okay. also um, post okay. it so that people can see how to get in touch with you too okay can i put it right here in the chat or it doesn't show to people no if you put it in the chat it's going to show up on um on the live oh it is
2: okay
0: yeah you have to do it um you can do it now or i don't know if it's going to show and it ended you might have to do it now while it's still live
1: okay i'll put this in the chat this is like one of my pages where people can um contact me but it was a pleasure um like I said, I love talking about female empowerment and we have to protect ourselves because nobody's going to protect us and we just have to stop feeling so bad and ashamed because a lot of females feel that way and we feel that there's no answer. That's how we're supposed to be because that's how mothers were. That's how grandmothers were. But no, just because they did that doesn't mean it's right. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: exactly. You know, and you deserve happiness. You females deserve happiness. Why does everyone around us have to be happy and we be bitter and ang- have anger and all those things. We don't. We don't have to have those things, right? But That's we just great. have to protect ourselves.
0: We're gonna have to do a, we gonna have to do a show on. Um, it gotta be respect my boundaries and bring you back. Okay, right. They uh, like uh, say you gotta fight. So, yeah. A you, you
1: gotta that. fight because they're gonna fight you. The kids right. are gonna fight you because they when you put the sign up, they're gonna be going against it for the first time until you come yeah, correct.
0: They're gonna steal it and throw it away <laughs>
1: Right. <laughs> you, I mean, gotta them, you gotta give them a, um, a consequence <laughs> <laughs> like, who's... you gotta let them know you for real though <laughs> you know, a lot of females gonna do it and then they are gonna feel guilty and take it down but you gotta <laughs> know your worth keep it up and you know punish them and make sure you, they pay for the things that they are doing and then eventually they'll respect you they'll stop, yeah yeah. You know, because you pe- females, we deserve it, but we got to fight for ourselves. Nobody else is going to fight for us, right?
0: Oh, man, that is hilarious! Yeah, so we're going to get in touch with you when we do that. When we do that show, that's going to be a good one, yeah. All righty, well, thank you. I put your link in the um chat on Facebook, okay. and um, do you if you wanted to tell people where they can find you at, just for the people that are listening, okay. um, and can't see, you can do that now, and then we also try to close out with some type of um affirmation or whatever it is that you may have on your heart
1: (laughs) okay um my my book my poetry book b B b-e can be found on amazon so you just have to put adrian a-d-r-i-a-n cox c-o-x dash settles s-e-t-t-l-e-s um in amazon and the word b and you will find my book um, if you put it in Google, then you'll find my book in other stores also. So if you put Adrian Cox Settles, Poetry Book B, you'll find um, a place of where to purchase it. I have it in book form. I have it on Audible. And I have it um, in an ebook. So you can pick and choose what, whatever um, whatever form you want. Yeah. My tutoring business is diverse, interactive learning. To go to the website, you go to diverse, D I V E R S E, I as an igloo, learning, L E A N, M O E A R N I N G dot (laughs) com. So if you go to diverse, I learning dot com, you will be able to see my tutoring website. But if you go to the extra services, you will be able to see all my different books, journals, and um notebooks and planners you'll see everything right on that extra service page um facebook um diverse eye learning instagram diverse eye learning twitter diverse learning no i so yeah okay. that's they'll definitely be able to <laughs> reach me in some form of that
0: <laughs> and I, I put it in the chat too so they'll have it too and then when you and then I also put the link in there so they'll have it there as well okay all righty. Well, we thank you again. All the um, great information that you shared with us, especially on the empowerment. Um, continue to do well with your businesses, your journals and your books and things like that. Um, we definitely got to check them out. But thank you
2: again. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you so much, Adrian. It was a pleasure.
1: Cannot so, wait to right.
2: have you on in the future. And um, what you said to hear the last part. I said we cannot wait to have you on in the future.
1: Okay, same here. Thank you. I can't wait to be back
2: on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, if right, you guys have a great week. Uh, you too. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.